Hello, Tom here. The Berkshire Football Stories podcast has got a new sponsor. Exciting, huh? That doesn't mean that we've got new kit, though. The club secretary has made us print it over the top of last season's shirt sponsor. He reckons it'll stretch to at least another year. He mumbled something about those footballs we keep kicking over the fence, not paying for themselves. Our new sponsor? Oh, that would be MRS Digital, an award-winning digital marketing agency offering affordable social media, pay-per-click and search engine optimization to help local businesses thrive since 1999. To find out more, visit mrs.digital and tell them we sent you. Hello and welcome to the Berkshire Football Stories podcast with me, Tom Canning, and him, Rob Davis. This is our pub, but not in a pub chat podcast we're doing daily to try and keep ourselves and all of you busy during the lockdown. You can see more podcasts from us by searching Berkshire Football Stories on your favourite podcast app. You can also follow us on Twitter at FI Berkshire and find out more at www.footballinberkshire.co.uk. Today, our special guest is Wickham Wanderers, Alicia Povey, who joins us on the phone. Hello, Alicia. Hi, babe. Thank you for having me. That's all right. It's uh, lovely, lovely to finally meet you. I know we've... we've uh, had a couple of text message exchanges and, and that uh, just trying to organise dates and stuff uh, and you did get bumped the other weekend I can't remember why though I think I, would, I double booked so it's good to good to have you here finally um, tell us a little bit about uh, kind of what, you, what you've been up to how are you coping with everything obviously we're all missing football at this point um, there are obviously bigger things going on in the world but uh, yeah come on football come back yeah um so it's a bit of a shame because i felt like just as lockdown sort of started um i was like coming into my own in football and futsal so um i think yesterday was the potential we could have been playing in the um semis of the fa futsal cup so yeah that's, that's a bit disappointing but obviously for the best um um yeah so lockdown it's just yeah it's okay um i'm finding it kind of a bit more i've got some more time on my hands um normally i commute so having to sort of get up five minutes before i start work (laughs) is quite nice (laughs) um i'm also sort of taking the opportunity to try and do some more fitness stuff which i normally try and avoid in the season so yeah i'm doing trying to do 5k a day which has been a bit of a struggle um but yeah, I'm kind of hoping that this time um, will sort of help when I get back to the season, whenever that may be. <laughs> you mentioned about the uh, futsal there. So uh, we introduced you as uh, playing for Wickham Wanderers. Who do you play uh, futsal for? And uh, you tell us a bit about that. Yeah, so um, I play for Reading Royals. I think you guys had Sarah on the other week. Um, yes. So she's the captain. Um, and I've been doing that since the season started um and yes yeah, it's, it's really good i think i think she sort of said the same that we a lot of us sort of are sort of going towards futsal more than football now um i mean i played it a little bit at uni um but not as much as i um am with reading um and it's a really nice group of girls so yeah it's been really good i i'm not i'm not gonna um go go deep with uh, sort of on on what is futsal with you because obviously we we, we did that to sarah so yeah. i don't think we need to repeat it and any, anybody wanted to know a bit more about that go back and listen to our our podcast with sarah but sorry rob i i, I spoke over you as i said i would <laughs> i just i was just gonna say well it was it um how did you uh, uh get drawn to it in reading obviously you mentioned you 
played it at uni was it something you um, um sought out or was it um uh, a contact that you made down here um i honestly i think it was something i saw on facebook um when i came back i was i wasn't i wasn't sort of consciously very keen to get back to futsal and i think in the southeast it's quite difficult um there's a lot of teams based in london but other than that there's not really that many around um especially mm. sort of the level i wanted to play um and i think it was someone had sort of someone had shared a facebook post and um reading had started this team um so we've only been around this season so yeah i was just sort of i just saw that and thought i'll just go and give it a go and see how it is um, can I, I? I wanted to just sort of ask something slightly. I don't think I don't think this is controversial, but it just um, when when we've spoken, we've obviously had had male footballers on, we've had female footballers on. Futsal some, seems to be something that is in the mind of of the female footballers we speak to, and doesn't seem to be something that that the male football footballers we've spoken to have spoken about. Is that is that something that you see in in the in the club or uh, and around it? Is it a more sort of I, I get you know I suppose female friendly I, I don't know is that that's probably not the right thing to say but um it's quite an interesting question I think perhaps it's more it seems like more female footballers play futsal because it's more you're I think as a female you're more likely to play both at the same time whereas if you're playing at a high level um sort of men's futsal you're probably going to be more committed to just playing futsal um but because I mean, at the moment, that sort of pathway doesn't really exist um, in the women's game. So a lot of um, female futsal players will be playing football as well. I think that's probably what what you're noticing. Um, but I mean, there's still lots of male footballers that play futsal. It's, I think it's also just about visibility. It's not a very, it's not highly visible. I mean, even we're in the like the home nations and everything. This year, there were quite big competitions, but you don't really see them. They're sort of like Facebook streams. Um, so maybe when visibility grows, then we'll be hearing more about both male and female futsal players. This is an interesting one and what interesting point you made there, because I've just written uh, a, a piece called uh, 15 Sports You Didn't Know took place in Berkshire for uh, for Berkshire Live and and futsal is on it uh, which which I put in there having spoken to Sarah a few weeks ago um, I thought it was an interesting one to put on it but it just you you're talking about kind of international and, and is it home nations as in as in like England v Wales and and Ireland yeah and... so that, I think that was a recent competition at St George's Park um, yeah so England Wales Scotland and Ireland I think England won it right but you wouldn't have if you didn't if you weren't into futsal and if you didn't seek it out you wouldn't have known about that. So, so what sort of level are in in comparison to that? What sort of level is a Reading Royals then in 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 that respect? Is that something that you could potentially aim for? So, um, on the female side, it's really difficult. There isn't actually an international side. All oh, um, right, okay. It's something that's in the um, FA strategy. Um, I believe it was meant to be that there was meant to be a team by twenty twenty one, but I highly doubt that's going to happen just because of what's going on and. Um, I mean, I haven't really seen anything about it. So it's a difficult one. I think, so the men's team, futsal's a bit complicated in terms of the leagues. Um, so there was, there is and was the um, the National Futsal League. So that was a couple of years ago, kind of the top level that you could be playing at and that had both male and female leagues. Um, but that was run independently. 
and then the FA started the National Futsal Series, which then became potentially the top league, but that was not linked to the National Futsal League. So there's not really like a, a feeder league. They're both separate leagues. So Reading play in the National Futsal League, um, which isn't part of the FA, but they play at a really high standard. Um, and I think, I mean, it'd be interesting to see them against uh, National Futsal Series teams because I think they'd be quite a similar level. Um, but with the women's leagues, they got rid of, when the National Futsal Series started, the National Futsal League stopped running a women's um, league. So that's all with the National Futsal Series now. Um, and I think there's 12 teams in total, women's teams competing. Um, and we've, um, we're have we in the process of applying to join that next season. So fingers crossed for that. <laughs> uh, I didn't think we'd get into the futsal this early, but I do have uh, some <laughs> questions on it. So, yeah. But I mean, uh, what do you get out of the um, uh, futsal that you don't necessarily um uh, get out of football or um not saying that one's better than the other or anything but what what are the uh, what are the differences and what do you uh, like more about it say so? um i think i like different things about each one um mm. i mean i've i've played for a lot of football teams um and i've loved some and i've not enjoyed some as well um i think what i like about reading is as i said the group of girls are just great um it's not a sort of I mean we play at good level but there's no sort of there's no one no negativity like if someone makes a mistake um so that's really nice um futsal as well you're you're on the ball a lot more um and like even if you're on the bench you come on sort of every five minutes basically so I think I mean I've played I've played for teams where I've sat on the bench for like 60 minutes of a game uh so that's quite nice for futsal um you know that you're going to get a game um which is really nice um and i think uh, skill wise futsal is probably a bit more challenging um i'm, I'm probably going to regret saying that because i don't <laughs> see like, a very skillful player on the football pitch but i think because you've got to think really quick in futsal um it can i think it can up your game um i like doing a lot of step overs which i probably wouldn't attempt on a football pitch but i don't know <laughs> about the futsal pitch you just try crazy stuff which is pretty fun <laughs> so uh um taking it back then uh where did your football journey begin because as we said we were at wickham wanderers but where did you start out um your football journey i was quite lucky that in my primary school i had um one of my teachers had played for west ham ladies before becoming a teacher mm -hmm. so she was really keen to get as many of us playing as possible um so I think I started playing when I was sort of seven or eight um and then I joined a local team when I was um in year six so probably like nine or ten um and that was I think Marlow yeah um and then I spent quite a long time there um I had a couple of trials for bigger clubs um, and then didn't get through those so I signed for Wickham when I was 15 I think so I played under 16s for them um, and then we sort of as a team all moved up to ladies football together which was really good um, at that under 16s level we we had 11 players in our team um, 
but because we were all really committed it was just the same 11 every week which was <laughs> it was actually really good um, and then when we moved up it was the same girls so that was a really good way to start women's football um and I stayed at Wickham until I went off to uni so I think about four years um and then played at uni for four, well, played at uni for three years. I had a year abroad, so played abroad for a, a year, which was pretty good. Um, and then I came back and then sort of, yeah, bounced around a few clubs. But now I'm back at Wickham, which I've, I've been back for about half a season now. <laughs> Sorry, you mentioned playing abroad. I can't, yeah. I can't leave, I can't leave that. That's... <laughs> Um, yeah, so I studied Spanish and Russian. Um, As you so, do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, that's the reaction I get from a lot of people. <laughs> um, so yeah, I was really lucky. On In in the third year of the course, you have to spend um, at least a year abroad, so like half a year in each country. Um, so I spent, I went off um, straight after exams and spent seven months in Barcelona and I played for a team there, which was great. I mean, I was the only foreign person there and I think they were a bit surprised when I turned up but yeah really nice club um their home ground was right on the beach so literally like you had the pitch and there was just a view of the the ocean so it was amazing um and yeah it was just it was interesting they they had a different style of playing um sort of the the tiki-taka Spanish um (laughs) But yeah, it was really, really good. Um, and then I came home for a month and I think I played a couple of matches for Wickham in that period. Uh, and then I went off to Russia, which was a shock. It was minus 22, I wow. think, when I arrived. Uh, snow, ice. Um, yeah, but I ended up playing beach soccer. I don't know how, if you guys know much about that. Um, <laughs> I mean, if you, when I say that, when I say I play beach soccer in Russia, everyone's like, oh, my goodness, what, how? It was all indoors. So right. they, they had lots of, like, indoor arenas, which was quite, yeah, interesting. I'd never played it before. Um, so I played for a team. Um, they're actually a quite high standard team, and I didn't really realise when I joined. <laughs> so it was it was a big shock. Um, a lot of the girls played for the Russian national team. Um, oh, my word. Oh. So, yeah, it was definitely one of the worst ones. But it was really good for fitness um, and quite entertaining in terms of uh, challenging my Russian. Um, so, yeah, and then, yeah, I came back home again and then went off to Malaga for the summer of the World Cup, um, which was good, but obviously off-season. So I went to a few sort of training sessions. The company I was working for was a football journalism company, so they ran some stuff Um which was good. But yeah, playing abroad was amazing. And I, I, I miss it so much. Um, obviously, in Spain, you don't really have the, the problem of waterlogged pitches very much. Um, so yeah, you're, you're playing week in, week out. We yeah. train three times a week, which was wow. a big step up from what I was doing here. Um, yeah, it's great. Really positive. <laughs> um, sorry, it might be a slightly obvious question, but you're playing beach football indoors. And does that mean there was sand indoors? Yes. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. I just because I, beach foot. Yeah. I just wanted to double check. I, I presume they they were it would be on sand, but I I didn't yeah. know. I just... <laughs> Can you compare the uh, um, the women's game in each of the in those countries to here, and uh, what uh, elements perhaps do you think uh, that perhaps the game over here could learn from those other countries, or vice versa? Yeah. Um, 
it's it's it was it's an interesting one. I think Spain. I think people were more surprised that I played football in Spain. Um, right. The company I was working at, when I said I played football, they were all really shocked. And I think, <laughs> uh, to me, like I I really follow women's football, so I was like, Spain are one of the best teams in the world. Surely, like lots, and Spain are a, a football mad country. So I just assumed women's football was going to be as big as it is here or bigger but it wasn't so that was a bit of a shock um but playing for the club I mean the facilities are all much better than they are here I mean like even in the like Wiccans League you turn up to some grounds and you're just like whoa okay there's there's like a portaloo for us to get changed in um but there they've got they have like stadiums I think it's a it's a lot more that there'll be a team and they'll be really supported by the community. Um, so yeah, all of these little communities will have a massive football stadium. Um, so I think facilities are much better in, in Spain. Um, but there is, I think a lot more sexism. I mean, like I've experienced it here, but in Spain it was kind of on a different level. Um, yeah, which was a shame, but I think you're just used to it as a women's footballer. So yeah. Russia similar I think there's I mean the sort the sort of expectation in Russia is a, is kind of women are more feminine and they don't they might not play sort of football or those sort of sports um but then I mean playing for that club specifically they obviously because they have all those national team players they had a really good profile in the community and people were quite supportive um so yeah, it's difficult, and I mean, obviously, beach beach soccer is a bit different to um, football. I think football is probably. Um, I just don't think. It, yeah, in Russia, I don't think it's very popular. Partly because half the year they can't play. Yeah, it's ice and snow. Um, but yeah, I think if I were to have to choose to play football in one of those countries for the rest of my life, it would probably be Spain. I, I got the feeling from from the way you were talking that, and and to be honest, the heat and the sunshine playing football in that must be must be quite. But just even just as you say, the stadiums, I, it it seems to be that it to me over here at the moment, it seems like a lot of sort of lower league and grassroots clubs have really got behind women's football, which is why you have kind of you know um, I, I was going to say sort of I was thinking of kind of Ascot and Woodley and and clubs like that who maybe don't. Well, I mean Ascot do have the do have the ground. But but obviously Woodley uh, and this is no no disrespect to Woodley at all, but they play over at, at Bullmush Pavilions, which is a mm. which is effectively a, a sort of a, a field. But that, but but they play there because those clubs have have kind of got behind this whole thing uh, of women's football and and are trying to put teams out there and develop players, and they and they work very hard on that. Whereas perhaps some of the the teams higher up haven't quite got to grips with that you know you know the, the and, and they certainly don't play at the at the main grounds we we obviously have that problem here in in reading with 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 the women's team which who who play over in wickham and there's obviously arguments behind whether they should play at the medeski stadium or or not and i think ideally if there was a mid-sized ground in reading that they could play at that would be absolutely ideal yeah. um but equally you know I, I also think they should be playing at the medeski really and maybe that will Maybe that will change, but who knows? Sorry, I went down a went down a, <laughs> a, 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 a cul-de-sac there. Um, I and I've completely forgotten what I was going to ask. Robert, carry on, please save me. Go on then. Uh, so uh, yeah, you said um, you were over Spain and you were working um, 
uh, in journalism. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, so you um, tell us a bit about that and how you got into it and uh, um, what sort of stuff you were writing about when you were there. Yeah, so um, I've always sort of written a bit about women's football. Um, and yeah, so in Barcelona, I was just doing a, a boring office job. And then, yeah, this job just came up um, in Malaga. It's for a company called B Soccer. So they're quite international, but they're not, they don't really have a big readership in the UK. Um, but yeah, they, I was writing, I was mainly doing sort of match analysis for the World Cup um and writing a lot of kind of i wouldn't call them high quality uh, they're quite sort of clickbaity uh journalism which is a shame um but i also did some stuff for um a women's football agent so i wrote some bits for um ignite soccerella they're like a talent management company for women's football um and that sort of yeah i think that kind of helped me get the job in malaga um and also while i was there I went and met some people um, for the the talent agency. So I went and met uh, people from Atletico Madrid women's team. Um, and wow. Yeah, it was really, yeah, really cool. Um, but yeah, so I've, I've sort of always written about women's football. Um, and then, yeah, when I got back from my final year, I had an email um, from one of my lecturers saying that the New York Times wanted to interview me. Um, <laughs> wow. They said, oh, wow. we see that you've written extensively about women's football in Spain. And I was sort of like, um, I've written some blogs. But yeah, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I spoke to a journalist called Jerry Longman for the New York Times um, about the World Cup, which was pretty cool. But Fantastic. yeah, so it's just something I like to do in my free time, really. I, I mean, I certainly don't know any local football blogs that would benefit from, from such a uh, from such talent at all i can't think of any <laughs> off the top of my head <laughs> and i don't want to put abby out when she listens to this as well but uh you are very welcome to um to if, if you especially as you ha if you have some free time at any point um yeah, sure. submit some bits and pieces uh, this is i didn't wasn't expecting to go down a recruiting line here rob um, but you you've lined that up <laughs> just nicely uh other than uh potentially uh writing for uh football in Berkshire at a later date is, is journalism something that you um you're looking to pursue and is it something that you're sort of continually doing or is it uh, mainly uh, just something sort um, of on the side while you do your football well I mean I think I'm kind of like a three vein person I have like a professional route that I I have and that's something that I want to use I want to use my languages and probably become a civil servant and move up that way and then I've got my football which is I just enjoy doing that in my in my free time and obviously the futsal as well and then the journalism side is just yeah it's just fun um I mean yeah I hadn't I hadn't written for a while and then um I don't know if you guys follow talking um women's football there's talking women's soccer it's like talking boy so um that's like they they've got a twitter account and I wrote some bits for them um I don't think it's something that I'm gonna like I don't think I'm going to become a journalist um I just think it's so tough and like, I I obviously read all the stuff like Molly Hudson and all of those like Sophie Lawson um I just think I don't think I could ever be that good um so I just do it as something I enjoy I think I don't think it's ever going to be a profession it's a it's a tough world to be in believe believe me <laughs> especially at the, <laughs> especially at the moment when there's absolutely no uh no football to write about but um, I guess in in terms of, let's 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 focus it back on the on the, on the football. Um, 
what, what I guess what are your ambitions in terms of in terms of playing? Because um, of course you know Wickham could go up, Wickham could you know, not necessarily this season, but you know do you want to go through the leagues as as a player yourself or or st- stick with the club or what what are those sort of ambitions? And obviously with with the futsal as well. Um, so I don't know. I sort of go, I go through kind of swings and roundabouts with football. Um, so a couple of seasons, while I was at uni, I was playing in the women's national league. So the same league as, um, like Maidenhead women, um, for a team over in Bath. Um, and I, I didn't enjoy it that much. So I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm one of those people who, who says, I want to get to this league. I think I'm I'm more like if I find a club where I'm happy, then if we go up, I'll stick with them. Um, if we go down, I'll stick with them as long as I'm happy. Um, that's fine. I think it's just because I've had a couple of um, experiences where I didn't enjoy it as much, and I don't want to really put myself through that again. So, like this season, obviously I I'm at Wickham, but I also dual signed with Penn, um, Penn and Tyler's women who are in like the Thames Valley League. So a very different level to Wickham, um, but still enjoyable. So I think for me, it's all about enjoyment on the football side. But then on the futsal side, I really want to push myself because I think I've definitely got a chance of playing for one of the top teams. Um, I think it would be interesting to see if we do get into the, the National League, how we perform in that. Um, and then if there is ever an international team, you never know, you might see me in a silly <laughs> lion shirt, but <laughs> we'll have to wait and see. That would be, uh, be quite something, I would I would imagine. <laughs> so, uh, uh, talking more generally about women's football, um, the game has obviously uh, grown quite a lot in the last few years, um, perhaps uh, partly down to the uh, success of the Lionesses and... Uh, um, other sort of more um, spotlight being shone on them. What do you think, in your opinion, needs to happen to grow the game even further and sort of make maybe uh, launch it to uh, the next level, wherever that might be? Um, I think it's just about sort of boosting visibility. I think a lot has been done. Um, I mean, if I just sort of think back to when I was younger, I don't remember watching women's football ever. Um, it was just sort of that I enjoy playing whereas now I obviously follow the game I think we need I think there needs to be more sort of it just needs to be more accessible in terms of being able to watch it um, obviously the, it was on BT Sport for a while the WSL um, and it's on BBC sometimes um, but not all the games and I think that's that's something you can I mean if, if you're playing the top league in the country it's just a bit bizarre that you can't watch all of the matches um, and I think big companies need to sort of get involved with sponsorship. Um, obviously, I think people have this kind of idea that because it's Chelsea, it's the Chelsea women's team, for example, that they're going to have the same resources that the men's team have, which is just not the case at all. So I think it's been good, like obviously Barclays coming in and sponsoring the WSL. Um, that's made a big difference. Um, and like. For, like in Spain, for example, the Barcelona women's team had their own sponsor this season, um, Stanley instead of Rakuten. So, I think yeah, I think companies need to get involved in sponsorship. Um, and I think once that happens, that will be hopefully a step in the right direction. 
One of the things I, I constantly come back to, because I, I, I'd previously run a team, run a women's team, and one of the things that, that constantly I, I think about is the fact that all of the all of the and I think I said this I might have said this to Sarah as well I can't remember now but all of the all of the women's games tend to take place on a Sunday afternoon and you know is it any wonder that perhaps crowds at some of these games are not as high as they could be particularly you know if it's Reading women or 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 Maidenhead women when all the people who are genuinely interested in women's football and are to the to the extent that they're playing it are also playing at the same time because for mm. some reason we've squeezed women's football we've thought well sunday afternoon that's probably that that that'll do and 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 actually a little bit more kind of a little bit of bravery in going right well okay europa league thursday night it's rubbish. Let's have some top-class women's football on Thursday night as well. Some something just a little. It strikes me that a little bit of bravery, in terms of the scheduling, would would go a long way. I think. And okay, maybe maybe at the start it would be wouldn't be particularly uh, uh, well watched, but you could, it would only improve. I would think. And given the, the amount of, I mean, I don't have the figures to hand, but I can't imagine that many people are watching Europa League football on a Thursday night, and they, you know. There may be a different demographic that are interested in watching women's football on a Thursday. I've, I've picked Thursday night just as a, <laughs> but why have we stuffed it Sunday afternoon? Yeah, or... I mean, as you, I do agree. Yeah, I think Sunday afternoon is just an awkward time, yeah. even as a player. It just wipes your whole day out. Yeah. Like if you're going on an away day, you've got to get up, and your Sunday's gone. Um, and I think that, well, that also can put people off. I think, um, especially if you're working, sort of nine to five the whole week you kind of need um, a day a, a Sunday but yeah yeah I think I think scheduling could make a quite a big difference I mean I went to the I went to Chelsea Wolfsburg uh last last year or the year before and I think that was a Thursday night which was I mean that was quite well attended um and also went to England Spain recently um one of the friendlies at Swindon um and obviously Swindon's not I mean, it's quite a big town, but it's yeah. not like London. It's not super easily accessible, and that was that was really good. Um, and that was a yeah Wednesday night. So I think it could make a difference, and I think it's at that stage when the FA needs to kind of be trying different things because they've been doing the same thing for well as long as women's football has <laughs> been sort of growing. So it would be good to try something else and see if that actually had any impact. But yeah. Who knows? And and I suppose just one one final question, just from me on that. Do you, do you think that um, these? Do you think that um, women's clubs would be better off kind of setting up independently? Uh, so so instead of being a branch of Chelsea or being a branch of Reading, if you had clubs kind of setting themselves up, like to to run themselves to run their own way, would that be beneficial? Do you think? Just in 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 your experience, um, I think it's quite a difficult one because. There's so many different setups. I mean, there's a lot of women's teams that wear the same kit as the men's team, but I don't think that they're part of the club, really. Um, I mean, when I first started playing for Wickham, we we were sort of our own thing. We just Wickham just sort of provided us the kit and sort of said, get on with it. But now we're really well supported by the men's team, and that's made a massive difference um, and a really positive difference. Um, so I I don't know I'd be I I I'd be inclined to say sometimes support from the men's team is really important, but I mean there's clubs like uh, Denham United mm. Women's so uh, yeah over in Denham 
they're just they're at their own thing um and they've been their own thing for for years and they've done really well so i think it kind of depends on the league and you really need some some really good volunteers if you're going to run a women's team on your own i think yeah. um, i think that's what people would probably struggle with uh whereas if you've got the men's team you can probably rope some of the committee into doing some of the women's sort of admin stuff but that was how i got involved yeah <laughs> yeah so i don't know i think there's there's definitely positives and negatives to both um and i think there's lots of people who would have success running just a women's team but I don't know. I think it really depends on circumstance. Mm. Rob, did you have anything else you wanted to ask? I was just going to ask one uh, final question. I did actually read some of your pieces before um, talking to you today and enjoyed them very much. So, yeah, again, if uh, you want to write for football in Berkshire, <laughs> brilliant. Um, but, uh, you mentioned in one of them, uh, pre the last Women's World Cup, that um, uh, that's the world women's world cup could trigger a seismic shift in the women's game and it might be like the start of something uh, pretty big um do you think that's happened and do you think um uh, what ev evidence has there been of uh, sort of a development so far um well thanks for reading my articles for one thing <laughs> right. at least someone's reading them um i definitely think that there's been I think, yeah, I think people have been pleasantly surprised by the standard um, of women's football. And I certainly think this World Cup was the most visible World Cup that there's been. Um, I actually went to one of the games. I went to the one of the England games in Nice. Um, I, can't, I think it was England-Japan. Um, but, I mean, that stadium was empty. So, at the same time, like, yeah, there's been more visibility, but it didn't feel like a massive World Cup to me. I think perhaps um, it'd be interesting to see where where it's hosted um, the next time, because I think, is it Australia and New Zealand have done a joint bid, potentially? Um, and it's big in Australia, so that could be really good. Um, but yeah, I think there has been a shift. I don't think it's been as seismic as I potentially made out in my article. Um, I think I was probably being very optimistic. Uh, <laughs> But for me, I mean, I've obviously played for years and years um, and have followed the game. And I think, like, any positive change is good. Like, I'm, I'm happy if there's any positive change. It doesn't have to be a massive shift. But I've, I've written it in some of my articles, like, if you kind of inspire some young girls to get involved and to feel like football's, I mean, an option as a profession and just, like, that it's okay to play football rather than... I mean, I was always like pigeonholed into playing netball at school. I just hope that doesn't happen anymore. Um, so I think, yeah, visibility in the World Cup might have changed some people's perceptions, but there's definitely a long way to go, in my opinion. Just, uh, just, just taking on that, I think, as you say, maybe there's not been an overall visible seismic shift, but if that shift has been more, more young girls kicking a football around, then, then maybe that's enough maybe it's not yeah. it's not quick enough in in terms of, of growing the game but 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 to get these kids involved maybe maybe for now that's uh, sorry I know I know I'm a I know I'm a bloke saying this but maybe maybe that's maybe that's the most we can do at the moment because you can't force these things and the more you force the more you get idiots on on Twitter um, and social media t 
telling you how wrong you are and and you know you these things have just got to grow i guess yeah and of course there's that big black hole where where women weren't even allowed to play football so yeah i mean that yeah that's a big one so maybe i think people just need to give it some time um if we i mean we've been put back a lot of a lot of years because of that so i think we're on a we're on an upward trajectory so let's just yeah uh, keep supporting it um (laughs) yeah <laughs> as, yes absolutely right as much as we possibly can um alicia one final question non-football related that we that we like to do um do you have a box set or a tv show you can recommend for our listeners who uh, have been sat at home going through all of the different box sets and and tv shows that have been offered up and uh, you get bonus points for one that for mentioning one that hasn't been mentioned before oh gosh okay um so I've got a lot. I've got like Amazon Prime. I've got yeah. Netflix. I've been watching. <laughs> I've been watching a lot of TV. <laughs> yes. Um. I mean, one of my favourite series is a Spanish series called Elite, which I think you can watch dubbed. Um, right. Which is good. Um. I also watched Jack Ryan on Amazon Prime. Which okay. Was, was yeah really good. So either of those two. Um. I, I, I'm just really not very picky, so I end up watching absolute trash. Um, <laughs> but those two are really good, so I'd recommend those. Oh, well, you, you've definitely earned the bonus points because no one has mentioned either of those two. Oh, I think you're oh, on yeah. safe ground with the with the Spanish language um, yeah. show. So. <laughs> um, Alicia Povey, thank you very much for joining us. That was the Berkshire Football Stories podcast pub, but not in a pub chat with Wickham Wanderers Alicia Povey. Uh, you can see more in this series by searching Berkshire Football Stories on your favourite podcast app. Please subscribe for all the latest. And if you have a minute, please give us a rating and a review. Uh, all that's left to say is it's goodbye from me, Tom. It's goodbye from Rob. Bye, everyone. And it's goodbye from Alicia. See ya.